that was kind of just a glimpse into our trip and, and a small portion. That was all the good stuff. And uh, I'll share with you some of the fun hiccups that we had along the way as we go. But I, I asked a couple of the folks that went with us, one of them, several of them, just a while ago this morning. So they've had a lot of time to prepare. Uh, but uh, just that if they wouldn't mind coming up and just sharing a little bit of their experience with you. So they're going to do that before I speak. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to them for just a second. You got to be mic'd. Jamie Sapp. Elder, lead us. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when Jeff kind of asked me just to share some stuff, I've, all week my mind has just been here, there, and everywhere. There's so much that went on during this trip. Uh, and I was trying to think, what God do you want me to share? Because I learned a lot about my life, uh, about my family. Um, trying to get choked up, but... Um, it was quite an adventure. A lot of people in our family said, y'all are crazy. That's not a vacation. And how long are you going to be on the bus? So we were on a bus so long, I never thought my mind would get to the place that on Sunday, we left on Friday morning or Friday afternoon. On Sunday night, I was looking forward to sleeping in a tent, to laying flat. <laughs> so that's wild, isn't it? I mean, come on. Because... This body was not made for a tent. It was made for a queen-size bed with comfort. Uh, so that's where we were by Sunday. You know, it just, that's what it is. But, um, you know, Jeff, every time we would go to camp and we would have praise and worship, and, uh, and Jeff uh, brought about five messages, and one kind of stepped on the other. But what really talked to me is that sometimes you're in life, and you feel like you're spinning your wheels. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your relationship. You just don't, you're not fitting where you think you need to be. But what Jeff really talked about, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And sometimes, just like a farmer has to prep the field for the harvest just to plant, I think God's like that in our life, that he wants us just to dive in the word, get to know him, and to do what we're supposed to do, and he's getting ready for the harvest, whatever that is. And sometimes it's so frustrating as humans is we don't know what the next step is. And we're saying, what's going on, God? I know you have things better for me. I'm frustrated in this part. I know you have greater things for me, but where is it? But just what, what his message spoke to me, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And we met some really cool young people there. Some of them were in their 20s. Uh, kind of starting out, you could tell they were probably going to get engaged and get married. And it kind of kind of went back to when Donna and I were young at that age. And I got to talk to some of them and try to pour some of the wisdom I have through the ages because I'm old now. You know, I'm 47. I never thought I, you know, I still think I'm young, but I'm not. I'm old. So I can talk to them and try to give them some wisdom. So, uh, that was really cool about it. I have a lot more to say about the trip, but we'll be here forever, and Jeff's got a really good message. So I'm going to uh, let Donna take it over. Here you go. But thank you so much for your prayers. They were definitely felt, and thank you just for your support. It was awesome. Through the ages. <laughs> yeah, through the I just want to say thank you all for all your prayers and everything you did for us to make this trip possible. 
First of all, let me say, I've never camped before until I went on this trip. Okay, so that was big for me. I really didn't know what to expect. Um, but I said, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get ready every day. I'm going to fix my hair. Well, that lasted about two days. And then by the end, I didn't care, y'all. I knew these people were strangers to me when we got on the bus. But by the end, I loved them. And they felt like part of my family. And I missed them. But, and I know you saw some of the scenery. Y'all, it was beautiful. I just, I couldn't believe that God could create something so beautiful. It was just really awesome. But what I really want to say is a lot of times in life, we're scared. We're petrified. But the Lord will take care of you because I literally was about to have panic attacks thinking about the bears. He knows. It was at night. It was our first night, and I heard it was so quiet. Oh, my gosh, it was so quiet that first night. And I, every little thing, I said, what was that? What was that? The whole campsite laughing. What was that? And then I, I think I heard, ooh, ooh. I said, what was that? What was that? Finally, the Lord thought everybody needs some sleep, so he sent the biggest thunderstorm I've ever heard in my life. So that quieted all of my fears. The Lord was with me. We had the best time, y'all. By the end of this trip, I was no longer afraid of the bears. It was really something I was really about to have panic attacks, and I was really scared of, but the Lord took care of me. So any time in your life when you feel that the bears are surrounding you and that they're about to get you, they're not going to get you. God's going to protect you, even through a th thunderstorm, okay? Thank you all. Le Leslie just found out a few minutes ago, too. <laughs> when we went on the trip, I kind of thought everyone was kind of going to group off and not really talk to us because we were only a few people from a small church and they all knew each other. But one of the scariest things you can do as a person is let yourself truly be seen. And these people, when we were sitting in worship around the campfire, they really opened up to us and they were very friendly. So, yeah. Us preachers always get to share our end of the story, so I wanted you to hear it from, from some other folks. So, um, so yeah, you know, uh, we went on this adventure together, and it was really amazing, and I, it's one of my favorite things I've ever been a part of in ministry. I think this was my ninth uh, trip with them. And uh, yeah, just something, something special happens every, every single year. So I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer, and then we'll get started. God, thanks, thanks for the day, Lord, and thank you uh, for how you love us. And God, this morning's message is just, is, has been heavy on my heart, Lord, and, and I don't uh, pretend to, to know everything about it or understand everything about it, but I know, I know your word, God, and I know... Um, that you give us warnings against things, and, and so God, just help me to convey that this morning, and um, to, to not convey it in a way that's um, not the way you meant it, Lord, and as we're listening and receiving, God, we just invite your Holy Spirit um, to, to bring understanding, to, to bring thoughts to our head, God, to spur us on to uh, change things that need to be changed, Lord, God, and I, and I pray, I pray that uh, that we are just moved in our faith, God, in our, in our true belief of Jesus Christ. 
allows us to be bold and allows us to stand against the culture that is, is going the, very fast the opposite direction. God, help us to be a holy people. Lord, sold out to you and, and your ideas and because you created all of this. And I know we're here trying to just understand it and figure it out. So God, we just ask for your help. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your sacrifice for us. And we just ask everything in, in his name. Amen. Um, since this is not working up here, I'm just going to tell you, will you go ahead and bring up a picture of the bus? Okay, so this is, uh, this is uh, Eagle Christian Tours bus. It's a 45-foot fun thing to drive. Um, and I've never felt so stressed in my entire life. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, you calm down and get used to it a little bit and that kind of stuff. But um, when we started this journey, part of, part of this, this was a test run for us. Like I said, we've done this trip a lot, and we usually take old, beat-up buses and vans. And we break down, you know, 20 times on the way out, 20 times on the way back. And uh, it's great to break down because you get to see the hand of God work every single time. Uh, because you're like, ah, oh, what are we going to do? And then some amazing person just shows up or some skill set that someone had that you didn't know about. And, uh, you know, we thought, hey, we'll charter a bus this year so we won't have problems. <laughs> yeah, uh, that did not happen. Um, there was a catastrophic meltdown of problems aboard the bus. The only thing that worked the entire time was the motor and the tires, uh, which thankfully are the you know, two most important things that got us there and back. Uh, but, uh, but I'm telling you, anything and everything uh, that could have went wrong, went wrong. And so uh, I had a little bit of prophecy before the trip started. I, I, told, I said this uh, statement to two different people. I said, first of all, I need you to understand, I've never given birth to a child, but I've experienced it with my wife, and this trip is a lot like that. There's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of discomfort. By the time you're wanting to get somewhere, you're just moaning and groaning, but then when you get there and you get to experience everything that you get to experience, for some crazy reason, it makes you forget about the pain and the hurt and the discomfort and all that stuff. And I know that's true because my wife looked at me one time and said, let's have another one. And I was like, did you, you remember the, the first one? Um, and yet we still go on this trip every year and uh, as crazy as we are. And the second thing I said, when we got to Tennessee, um, we, we drove that up to our first pickup location and there were nine of us on board, and we pulled into the gas station, and I saw the looks on people's faces. And so I got off the bus, and one of the students was passing by that I knew, and he was like, man, that bus is awesome. And I was like, it looks awesome, but on the inside, it's still a bus. Don't ever forget that, and buses break down. And so this is all really my fault because I spoke that out loud, and then from the get-go, uh, we had so, so many issues. Um, we, we lost air conditioning on the first day, and uh, you may not think that's a big deal, but you know all these heat warnings that have been going off? Well, imagine being enclosed inside that, because there aren't windows. There, I know there are windows, but they don't open, so it just heats up, and by the end, Jamie said this to me, and he wasn't making this up. This is not even an exaggeration. He said, I'm pretty sure we could fry an egg back there on the bathroom counter." And I'm pretty sure he's right. We should have tried it because I think it honestly would have worked. Um, the bathroom sat over the engine compartment, and the bathroom vent fan stopped working, so it wasn't clearing the air. So not only is the smell lovely when bathrooms don't clear, 
the heat just kept building. And it got so hot that lots of people were barefoot on the bus. They'd go to step in the bathroom and it would burn the bottom of their feet. And like, and again, that was probably the thing we felt the most was the heat. But there were just so many issues. I was driving one night and the lights went out. I mean, the headlights went out. Like, that's awesome. If you've never experienced that in your life, you need that adrenaline rush to have 51 people on board and no headlights going down a highway in the dark <laughs> and no shoulder to pull off on. Yeah, it was, uh, we were on a highway. We weren't on the interstate at that time. And yeah, there was no way to get the bus off the road. And this is out west where they drive 85 miles an hour on the highways because why not? You can see, you know, 50 miles down the road. So we lost our lights, hazards, didn't have hazards to flash people that we were broken down. And so thankfully, the Lord provided a pasture, you know, uh, he leads us to pastures. It was nice. Um, and he did. Uh, there was a little pull off. And, and again, guys, I'm, I'm saying that like there weren't a lot of pull offs. Like you'd go miles and miles and miles and there wouldn't be somewhere to get off the road. And lights went out and it probably was 100 yards. And there was a little pull in. So we pulled in. We were able to back in off the road. And this guy in the back of our bus goes and cuts a cable like you needed a big enough wire. I don't, I don't know anything I'm about to talk about, by the way. You need a big enough gauge wire to use for some circuit stuff. Somebody out there probably knows. And so he cut one off the air compressor that wasn't working and jumped some circuits on the light panel. And somehow he gave us high beam headlights. And so that's what we had the rest of the trip. So I got flashed a whole lot, but we had headlights. So those are just some of the fun things that, you know, there were other stuff. And I just want to tell you, I'm dogging out Eagle right now. I want you to know, I wrote them a letter after we got back and I've never seen Jesus so much in a response in all my life. Uh, they went above and beyond any expectation that I had to make it right. And uh, they've been phenomenal, I'm telling you. And, and actually what was going on, they had some internal issues inside their company where someone was stealing them blind. And it was part of the reason we had all the trouble on our bus. And they still took responsibility for it and made everything right. So uh, just a top-notch uh, Christian company out there. I was so thankful for how they handled everything. But anyway, um, so what I want to talk about today, because I, I thought about this all the way back, and I thought, hey, when I share our story, um, the thing I want to hit on um, is Jesus describes, he's talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? And it's easy for us to look at them and pick on them. We do that a lot. But there, a lot of times there's a lot of similarities between them and, and I. You know, I, I fall to a lot of the same traps, power or pride or, you know, whatever, uh, I fall to a lot of the same things they did. And so Jesus, uh, in Matthew, there's this whole chapter called uh, Woe to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so I want to read a, a scripture verse out of there. And uh, it's in uh, Matthew 23, 27 and 28. Because I couldn't help but think of this as, as, we, were, as we were traveling and as we returned it says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people, almost. It was, <laughs> we almost were dead people. Dead people's bones and all uncleanliness, and we were for sure unclean, let me tell you. I've never gone so long without a shower in my life. Um, so you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You know, I get mad about that word hypocrisy because I hear, I hear the world say that against Christians often. And let's, let's make sure we're defining what that really is. It's not a person who 
who thinks we should live up to a certain standard and is trying. It's the person out there doing what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing, where they're claiming something and they're pretending to be something that they are unwilling to be. Okay? That's hypocrisy. That you're leading people to believe that you're something that you are not. And you're doing it on purpose. Okay? So that's what they were doing. And Jesus like sends all these woe to yous, woe to yous. And there's a lot of them in there. But this one kind of jumped out at me. And uh, on down, um, or actually up a little bit in 23, the last part of the verse 3 there, it says, for they preach but do not practice. And, and that's kind of been a thing for me for a long time, you know. I know you haven't missed that in my messages, that we, we say all this stuff, but our, do our actions back up what we're doing? And um, I couldn't help it, man, the last, since I've been home from Canada, uh, this theme has just been like hitting me from so many different directions, and I don't think it's something I was kind of just looking for. Uh, it just has kept coming up in things I'm reading and things that, I'm, that are coming across my desk and uh, different things like that. Um, I was reading a book called uh, The Discipleship Gospel, uh, written by B- Bill Hole, and he says this, um, and he's talking about uh, the forgiveness and grace teaching that's out there, right? Because that's what everybody wants to hear, right? I want forgiveness for my sins. I was so encouraged in Sunday school this morning, I stuck my head in here, and man, if you're not involved in the Sunday school, man, come. It was, it was good. Like, they were wrestling out repentance. You know, they were talking about repentance, and, and it was so encouraging to hear that. That's not even a word people want to talk about anymore. Because um, why be repentant, you know? Uh, I'm going to heaven, right? Then that's the attitude uh, that's out there. And if that's true, then why all the warnings in Scripture? If we're just going to heaven, hoorah. Why is, that, why is this book filled, filled to the brim with warning? And it wasn't written to the world, right? It was written to us. It was written to the church. It was written to the Jews, the Israelites, the Hebrews. That's who it was written to. And if it's just that simple, that, oh, I'm forgiven and grace and raha, and that's a part of it, and that's part of the problem. Like, like it's, it's so tough because obviously we need forgiven. Obviously we need grace and mercy. And that's where we want to stop, and that's where our culture wants us to stop. But there's a whole other side here. And it's, there's stern warning all throughout Scripture, man. And I, I do not want you or myself or anybody to stand before God one day and not get that. His son went through some pretty torturous stuff. And I say this all the time, it's much more than getting a ticket punched. But our culture wants to turn it into that because that's the fast food version of Christianity, right? I want it, I want it my way. I want it now. I want it easily packaged and pretty and there ain't nothing pretty about it it's a struggle the bible says things like my flesh hates god this thing i live in all the time hates god <laughs> fights against me every single day there was a uh, let me read this quote from the book <laughs> forgot about that um, it says, this kind of teaching leads people to think they believe the gospel because that's what they've been taught. Over time, the truth is revealed that they did not believe at all. They had simply agreed, listen to this, they had simply agreed to a religious proposition. It's an innocent error, though, because emphasizing forgiveness is part of the full gospel. The problem is that they don't really believe Christ. 
They only profess faith in Christ. It's a grave error to equate profession of faith with belief. I've used this simple example before. If you knew that pew was going to break when you got in here this morning, you would not sit in it. Right? There might be a daredevil out there who'd be like, I'm just going to sit, you know. But we wouldn't sit in it. If we knew something was going to happen that was going to inflict injury on us or something, we're probably not going to do that. Because we believe. We believe. So when I see a, a world full of Christians not living out the Great Commission and not doing the things Jesus says, that's a, that's a big question and I think a fair question. Do we really believe in Jesus, not just profess him? Do we really believe? Do your actions match and back up what we're reading and what we're studying Uh, I don't know if you got this this week. It kind of blew up and went viral. Uh, John Cooper, who is the, I learned his name, Life Group, um, who is the, uh, we talked about this in our Life Group this week. But John Cooper, who's the lead singer from Skillet, you might not know who Skillet is, not really my cup of tea either. But for some people it is, but it's a a Christian kind of heavier rock band, I think. Um, And uh, he, he wrote a letter out there because apparently there have been, uh, I'm terrible news. I don't keep up with it very well. But apparently there have been some Christian influential people, especially in the worship scene, that have denounced Christianity. They just, they've been leading worship for years and years and years, and all of a sudden they're not going to follow, follow it anymore. Um, and uh, one of them based it on this big question, how does a loving God send people to hell? And they asked that, and he, he went on to say in his letter, like, you think you're the first person to ask that question? Like, there's a whole book of stuff like that that I don't understand. But we're talking about God. And, I, and I'm, like, I don't make, I'm about to say I'm sorry, and I'm not sorry. Like, this is God who spoke everything to, into existence. I don't get to, like, tell him how to run the show. I don't understand everything. I don't. There's a lot of confusing stuff in here to me. I'm a simple-minded person, and I, I love talking about the Bible, but there's a lot of intense stuff in there that I don't have answers for. But I do know he loves me. I've experienced it. That doesn't mean he's going to save me from every single evil situation in this world because whether we like it or not, evil is rampant. And it's having its way. And it's always had its way. But as Dennis reminded us last week, I loved that. We have victory. But victory is coming. We have to endure the cross too. It's just a little different version. There's a persecution that comes with this. There's an agonizing kind of ordeal that comes with this. Because at the end of the day, we have to die to the one thing that our flesh is wanting to thrive, and that's ourself. You don't get to have it your way. And what we end up being a lot of times is whitewashed tombs, and we look really good like our bus did before we left. And inside, it's just full of dead bones. And I don't want that for anyone, any of us. I want us to live life abundantly as Jesus uh, describes out there. Um, so as I was just kind of praying over today and, and, and processing today, you know, I, I, uh, I just felt a huge burden. I, like sometimes I, I feel like I, I hit too intense too often, you know, and like I'm not saying enough encouraging things. Um, 
and I, and I don't mean to do that, but I really do, I, I promise you, I don't get up here behind the pulpit without feeling burdened from the Lord to share what I'm sharing. And, uh, and I just, I just want to implore God's people, the word of God is the truth. It's the truth. Now, we can have discussions about it and interpretation. You know, we talk about that, and, and context is, is a huge, obviously a huge part of that. Because, you know, it's been said, you can find anybody with a Ph.D. that will make Scripture say whatever you want it to say. And that's true. You can twist it and contort it. But when we step back and take the Scripture, the whole, that's why I was so encouraged this morning in Sunday school, just hearing, like, different people coming. I mean, there's so many different backgrounds in there this morning. And, like, digging into the thought of repentance, man. Because that's a huge part of following Jesus is to repent. And we need to wrestle that out with God. Like, what does that mean, God? And we need to wrestle it out with each other. These big issues, there's, some of them are scary. I remember, and I think this is what we do. I remember when I was a teenager, the first time I ever processed hell and what that was. That thing that nobody wants to talk about because we don't want to think about punishment, right? And so I would do the same thing. I would like... Okay, I'm not, I don't want to think about this, man. That's too scary. And so then I would like, I'm going to think about heaven. Well, then the word eternity came up, and I'm like, ah, Lord, I, don't, I can't grasp eternity, and I'd get sick in my stomach. I wouldn't get butterflies. I was getting nauseated, and I'd get scared because I can't fathom that. I don't even, I mean, they say things like, oh, it's like if an ant carried a thing of sand across the country and then back, and what? I mean, I, I just can't even wrap my head around that, and I get... I get fearful, so you know what I do? I'm just not going to think about it, and it goes away. It's amazing, and I think that's how we handle a lot of this stuff sometimes. Like, there's some big things going on, and if I just don't think about it, I'm good. I don't, I'm okay. I'm just going to tuck down my chin, and we're just going to dig through the day, and I'm just going to make it. I think that's a mistake, you guys we got to wrestle these things out with God and with one another. We have to talk about the big things because eternity is coming. And I've made this mistake a lot. I, you know, I don't care if you live the, your life the way you want to live it as long as you're not, like, throwing it in my face, right? That's kind of a, a nice way to, to allow things in our life. But hell is real. And I want you to know I, have, I don't. I don't. I'm going to just be super honest. I do not have a burden in my heart for the lost. And that has broken me in half. Because I don't understand why. Because I believe that. And I've been begging God. Like, why don't I care? Because it's coming. And I've took that stance of like, well, you know, they're not bothering me. Whoever it is and whatever they're doing. As long as they're loving to me and I'm loving to them. And... I don't think that should be my heart if I'm following Jesus. Because punishment is part of this. Judgment, it, it's part of it. It's all part of it. And we're holding the key and the answer to life and life more abundantly and life eternal in Jesus. And I don't even know what all that means. But I know God loves me. I've seen it demonstrated, and I saw it demonstrated in what Jesus went through. I don't know how the rest of this pans out for any of us, because as we were talking about Sunday school too, I love that. We're, we're given today. We got right now. I don't know that we got tomorrow. 
the trumpet is going to blast. It is going to blast. I, Donna was sharing. I'm telling you, that <laughs> I thought it was the first night we were down, and then it did it again. I don't know if you've ever been between two really big mountain ranges. Like, it's not the same in the Smokies. I'll just go ahead and tell you. I've been out there during these. A roll of thunder comes through out there, and I'm telling you, it felt like the military was buzzing us with jets. Like, that's really what it sounded like. I don't know if you've ever been right by a, a, a jet fighter plane that goes by you. I mean, it's intense. And, like, that first one hit. I didn't even know what it was for a second. I was like, Caden looked at me. I was like, it's okay. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't see me shaking in the dark. I was like, it's fine, buddy. Oh, my God, please let it be fine. And, like, the flashes of lightning, again, the light pollution isn't as bad there. So they're more intense. I mean, you can see it. It's like there's not a tent around you. I mean, it's like, wow, you know. And, and uh, man, that first roll of thunder rolled through. And it really took me a minute to figure out what it was. I'm not kidding. It was so loud and just shaking the ground. And I'm like, what is that? I really thought it was a jet. And then I was like, oh, that's thunder. Oh, my God, that's thunder. Are you kidding me right now? And, uh, and then I just knew in my head, it's so funny that Donna said that, because I knew in my head right then no one was afraid of a bear anymore. I knew it. Like, nobody in camp was asking where the bears are. They're all like, oh, dear Lord Jesus, where can we run? Nowhere. You're in your tent. Just go to sleep. That's what JB's response is. Go to sleep. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I love you all. And I don't want us to be Sadducees and Pharisees. I want us to live that life, man. It, it really is uh, an amazing adventure in Jesus Christ. And it is not easy. And everything's not just going to be figured out for you. But God will do his part every single time. We're called to do ours, and I'm telling you, the Word of God is the truth, and you need to be in it. I just feel that burden that just keeps coming up, man. Are we studiers of the Word of God? Are we in tune with God's message? Do we have, that was my first night, the, the, I think it was, man, I don't even know what day it was when we were out there, who knows. Um, one of the nights, the first night we actually got around a campfire and I got to speak, it was craving and, I, and I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you're sitting there right now and you're like, I don't, I don't have that, but I'm not, I'm not going to make eye contact with you. Start begging God for it. I'm up here confessing the same thing. I, like, I don't have a heart for the loss like I should, and I know that. Why not? Like, why don't I feel just implored to go share this message with them? And I want that. I want that heart. And same for you, whatever it is, whatever hang-up is going on right now for you, man, can, can you just start begging God for that? Because it's much more than a ticket getting punched. John Cooper went on to say in his letter that we've substituted out truth for an emotional experience, and I have seen it. I know, I know all of you aren't on the, the, the religious scene a lot with the conferences and things like that, but I'm telling you, this... the culture TJ was saying this morning, like every culture has its thing. And I agree it does. And there's hiccups and there's tough things that they got to overcome. And I'm telling you, ours is from a Christianity standpoint is selling out for emotion over truth and feeling. I've heard it a million times. I just want this feeling. I just, I, I want to be in a worship service and we're substituting out worship songs for truth. Oh, Chris Tomlin sang it. So dear Lord Jesus, it must've come from God. Uh, no, you don't replace the scripture with a song. I'm sorry. 
And I love Christian music. I love singing the songs. But they are not a substitute for the Word of God. And neither is an emotional, experiential feeling. And again, I I don't want to knock on that because there's times of that, and I know that. But that won't carry you through the darkness. Only being grounded in the foundation of Jesus Christ. Because he is the word of God. Read it, John 1. The word became flesh. It's always been. I just got nauseated again. Those are big things. It's always been. What's it? What? But I'm going to choose to trust the God who spoke all this into existence. I stood there in the Banff Mountains, and if you ever get a chance to go, go. I've never been to a more beautiful place in all my life. And I remember having that thought, man, God just, God just said that. I'm sitting here like, do I feel that way about him? Because he just said that. And that's what showed up. That's the God we get to serve. That's the God that loves us. You are called to be a student a lover of the word of God. And I'm begging you to be it. Don't substitute Joel or myself or Dennis or anybody else standing up here giving you our two cents or whatever even God's laid on. I mean, like there, you still need to be in the word of God. You need to know what it says and you need to wrestle these things out. Don't just try to ignore the big things. Have a conversation with the Lord. Have a conversation with your brothers and sisters. Times are going to get tougher. They are. It's just amplified, the things that have gone on through history. They're just going to be amplified, and more people are going to fall to them, and it's going to get tougher to walk this road. And I promise you, an experiential feeling is not going to carry you through. Only the real thing is. Let's pray. God, thanks for the day. I mean that, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for a day with with my brothers and sisters. Thank you for a day that we have breath in our lungs again. Lord, that doesn't mean we're not longing to be with you and longing for heaven, but God, we are thankful for an opportunity, an opportunity to to grow and to mature and to learn and, and to follow after Jesus like we've been commanded to do. Lord, and I don't know how it all fits together. I would love to have it all figured out, but I don't. But I know you call us to something more than than just an accepting of grace and accepting of forgiveness. There's an obedient side to this without question. And so, God, I pray against whitewashed tombs. I I pray, um, Lord, that uh, we're not just filled with an emptiness and a deadness. God, as, as uh, Richard was reading, I, I love that passage in, in Revelation. It talks about, you know, I stand at the door and knock. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're going to come into our life and into our heart and soul and dine with us. You even, you even say in the word that you, you're going to set up your home inside of us. So there shouldn't be any deadness. God, don't let our, don't let our profession of faith be void. Let it reflect in our actions what we truly believe in that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we've accepted him. 
And I pray that we obey. God, thank you for all the illustrations in everyday life where you teach us truth. Pray that we don't sell out for anything less. We love you, Lord. I hope and pray that you are exalted and honored today. If you're working on somebody's heart right now, God, I pray that they respond. Barbara was sharing this morning from, from her past when, when you convicted her of something, and, and the, the back side of that was that she had to do something, that she had to go ask for forgiveness. God, so just pray, Lord, for just a boldness and a response if you're stirring someone onto that.